Thomas Edison once said, I've not failed. I found 10,000 ways that won't work. Well, today's guests are known for identifying and honoring the one way that finally works. Inspired by their namesake, the Edison Awards are the global leader in recognizing, honoring, and fostering innovation and innovators that have created something that has a positive impact on the world. My guests today know firsthand the hard work and the talent that goes into winning one of these awards and are here to give us a behind-the-scenes look at what goes on into the selection process for one of the business's most prestigious awards. We're talking the Edison Awards. Please welcome Frank Bonafilia, Executive Director, Edison Awards, and Clint Robinson, Associate Vice President, Black and Veach, and he's also the head of the awards steering committee. Welcome, guys. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, first question right off the bat is I got to ask you, how did how did it first get started in terms of the Edison Awards? In 1987, the American Marketing Association started a, an award program called the Eddie Awards, and they were very interested in showcasing uh, new products and services. Um, it changed to the Edison Awards, and uh, the first, the, the number one product that was honored that year, there was two of them. Um, Bosch and Lom soft contact. Hey, that's cool. That's a, that's a very innovative product. I mean, you yeah. think about that, nobody wants a hard contact, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't even think about putting a hard thing in your eye, right? Yes, for you sure. Can, yeah, I can say that in mixed company, too, so that's a good deal. Uh, the second one was uh, interesting. Guys, kinda... that's funny shit. You yeah. should just, that's funny. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the second one was even more interesting, I thought. It just shows a sign of the time. It was cherry-infused 7-Up. So you got Bosch and Lom soft contacts. <laughs> That's cool. And cherry infused Seven Up, the reflection of innovation in '87. You know, I think that goes and points out. Then we're t- talking to uh, that was Frank, and then uh, I'll ask Clint this too. There's got to be a lot of products that sometimes you scratch your heads, but it is. It's like even like cherry Coke or cherry whatever it might be. It's just something different that we never thought, and then someone did that. You know, it's almost like chocolate meets peanut butter, you know, and accidentally. Remember the old commercials, and that becomes something that's very innovative and something you reward. Do you see other things like that? Yeah, I think uh, some of the products that I've evaluated over the past couple of years, because I'm in the engineering and construction business, Mm -hmm. were uh, products where you can put on a hard hat helmet and you can have almost a a halo lens uh, effect yeah. so that you can uh, see product right next to the real thing. And or like it should be. Right. You know, I'm a, like a demo going on to sh- show you how it's supposed to be installed. Right. And and as we move more towards the minority report kind of things where you put on the goggles and move things around a screen, mm-hmm. um, those are not only helpful to us in design, they're helpful to us in the field. They improve safety. And so it seems like a relatively simple uh, concept bringing it to market has been really helpful it's always tough you know i'm sitting here thinking as you're as you're talking about the construction just even construction industry i'm I'm going about to interview on television esco bionics and they make an exoskeleton and they strap it on now of course they did it with the thought in mind for paraplegics and literally you put it on and 10 minutes later someone's walking i mean it's it's like that but 
the bigger implications is for like the construction industry because they strap that on and now we don't have the back entries like we used to or even home use because they're telling me that they're going to be using these kinds of products into the future you know at home you'll buy a, instead of buying that belt that you get from Lowe's or for <laughs> Home Depot right uh, the old weightlifting belt that we used to wear when we were younger you get one of these devices and it helps you so you don't have those injuries so, but let's go back. I want to go back. So, because the Edison Awards were inspired by Thomas Edison, at least that's the story, right? And they're now associated with Edison University. And aside from the name, how much of an influence did or does Edison legacy impact the creation of the award? Everything we do is is about building a bridge from his legacy and kind of showcasing it in today's world. So, if you look at our criteria, which is concept, value, delivery, and impact. Um, if you look at, you know, we don't look at ideas. We have to have a marketable product mm-hmm. that is actually going to sell in the market. Um, if it's an idea, the Edison Awards is not the right platform for you. But if you have something that... Um, it has to be you, a real product. Absolutely. Can it be a process? Um, yes. Okay. We look at processes as well. And, and some services. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I think if you look at it through the lens that... It's got to make people's lives just that much better, yeah. or it's got to make processes just that much safer or stronger. Or um, that's kind of how we look at it. But it is, so the criteria itself was was developed uh, um, with some Edison histo- uh, historians as well as USA Today, IDEO, Nielsen to really kind of come up with um, some core. Um, um, criteria that would reflect, you know, more of a wider range of products because we're we're looking at a lot of different products throughout the year. Yeah, when you look at it, I mean, the categories: applied technology, athletic sports, recreation, collective disruption. I love that. Consumer electronics, information technology, consumer goods, energy, sustainability, health, indus- industrial design is a good one. Innovative services like that. Living, working, learning environments, media, visual communications, entertainment's good. Um, well, they're all good. Come on. Media, uh, medical and dental science, social innovation, transportation, and logistics. So if, uh, what about software? Would software be part of that? I mean, does that fit in? I think that's innovative services. It's mm-hmm. often – so I think the number one thing we have to understand is this isn't a popular vote. It's a peer-related vote. So our voting body, our executives within that special field – so anything that is is entered, it gets reviewed by our entire. Kind of like the Academy team. Awards, but a little bit less political, right? <laughs> yeah, and a little bit more conservative, I would imagine too. Right? Yeah, but but along those lines, that's who that's who it is. So members then are voting on the things that they believe. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and and they have to be uh, an expert within that respective field. So w- let's get back to the legacy because I think that's cool. I mean, when I think of like the real brainiacs of the old days, all right, and even in today, Thomas Edison has that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my old employer at Kodak. You know, in terms of George, George Eastman, Eastman yeah. yeah, and and Henry Ford. I mean, those those three were really good friends. They used to get together, and you think about that, and I think there's some of those people today, quite frankly. But probably not to the extent that we had. And so Edison, to me, was at the core of that American ingenuity, American innovation. So, I mean, when you when you put on that hat every day to go out and talk about Edison Awards, does that sit back in the back of your head? Absolutely. And, and if you look at so, – so we're an award about uh, the, uh, the team behind the process, the team behind the product. So you can envision it as something like the muckers of Edison's time. We're recognizing and honoring that team behind the development and launch of that successful product. If you look at the individual, you need to look at our Edison Achievement Award. I feel or we feel that there are Edisons out there today 
So this year we just announced that Jeffrey Immelt will receive our Edison Achievement Award, and so will Astro Teller, who is the uh, captain of Moonshots for Google X, who's putting internet and uh, for, for people all around the yeah. world and has created the driverless car and Alan Mulally um, and what he did with Ford years ago. So those are all ones that are that are getting it now? Those are ones or that have received the award. They received the award mm-hmm. from the past, which is pretty good. I mean, Last year was John Chambers uh, John from Cisco. Cisco. Yeah, a good West Virginia boy. Yeah. yeah he's a good West Virginia. That story, his dad was a doctor. I don't know if you knew that. General mm-hmm. general uh, f- a physician in, in West Virginia. And his father was the doctor that brought me into this world. Really? Yeah, so he's really the first man that ever spanked my ass. That's the guy <laughs> right there. And John Chambers and I, when we get together, we talk about that. So anyway, I've never shown John, but there you go. So, uh, you know, but but I like what you just said, the muckers. It's the guys behind the team. Well, while John Chambers might be the guy or Jeffrey Immelt might be the person that's getting recognized, it's really about the people behind that individual. And I think that's pretty special. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and they're the ones that don't get recognized, right? I mean, it, it's... So it's, many times, right? You know, and, and they're the ones that usually risk it all. Uh, you know, you're looking at a big company. We're talking about, you know, small to medium-sized companies as well who are launching a new product. Those people who are given their heart and soul and mortgage in their house to, mm-hmm. to, to get a new product into the market. And yeah. Yeah, Edison Awards serves as a platform that brings all of them together so an Apple can be recognized with a smaller product. Yeah, which is good. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. How did the award become so prestigious? Because I remember when I was chief marketing officer years ago at a Fortune 100 company, I knew about the Edison Awards and knew, you know, obviously I was involved because of chief marketing officer with AMA and AMA was behind mm-hmm. the group at the time. Although it, the separation, when when the separation occur? About 05. Is that when it was? 05? Yeah, it, it was, they kind of retired it in around 2000 and, and I kind of picked it back up in, mm-hmm. in 05. Yeah. Well, how did was that, how was it picked back up? Um, Private group? No, I was I was hired. You uh, were you were running awards at the time, yeah. weren't you? I was hired to create a, a revenue generating strategy for the awards programs at the American Marketing Association. Mm. And just like any political association, when the transition of power happens, uh, some things get dropped on the floor, and other yeah. things. Is that when Dennis um, took over? Uh, See, I know the history here. See, people, I'm, I'm getting into the history, folks. This is like gossip going on right now. Is that is that was that about the same time? Uh, before, right before they hired him, correct? Okay, so there was some change around that, right? So I had a vision that, boy, instead of honoring the Cherry Infused Seven Up, there's an opportunity to really look at Edison himself and build a platform that recognizes all innovation. So a light bulb went off? It did. It did, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, I you like know, re- that. Reflecting on what John Chambers said last year when we asked, what does it feel like to get an Edison Award? Yeah. He said, I know all of these people. I know Elon Musk, I really uh, cherish and, and, my An award winner, Yeah, an award winner. I saw that on the website. So I mean, it was a, um, it's a group of people that kind of already associate in a different plane and all of them all of them give credit to the people that do the work. Yeah, uh, That's really consistent you, among these I award winners. I don't think people realize how small that community really is. You know what I mean? It, it, it's big and small. What I mean by the, the it, it's tough to make products that win. It's tough to make services that win, that have that that breakthrough kind of moment. Like, so speak, speaking of that, I need to take a break, okay, uh, because I want to make sure that I get paid, and that's an important thing for me, right, so we can do these shows. So today's you know conversation, it's all about innovation. It's about recognizing the best of the best, and you know who's the best at making the most delicious brewed coffee? I'm telling you. You know who I'm going to say. 
say. It's Duncan. Their commitment to consistently great coffee means they're part of a process from tree to cup. Is it tree or is it a bush? I don't know. Hey, that's a I mean, Mike, I'm going to check with my guys on that one. I don't know. I'm going to go look at that. I always thought it was a bush. But maybe it is a tree. Maybe it's a coffee tree. I don't know. We're going to figure that out. So if you want the best cup of Joe in the world, then stop over to your local Dunkin' today. American and all business with Jeffrey Hazlett run on Dunkin'. You guys drink coffee? Yeah. Only Dunkin'. Do you really? Is this seriously? You don't go for the uh, four bucks or whatever that is? No. Yeah, there's a sign. I did a television show with Dunkin', and they, the guy had a big bumper sticker right on the thing that says, Friends don't let friends drink Starbucks. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> you got well, to try them all. Because they're, they're, there's lots of different kind of coffee. So, All right, so let me, let's get back to the award. So your mission statement says you're recognizing, honoring, and fostering innovation and innovators that have created something that has a positive impact on the world. So what makes something fit into this criteria? Can you give me, and give me an example of that? You know, I'm going to use a global example mm-hmm. that we looked at a couple of years ago. So you, it's not just local stuff. It's not just U.S. No. stuff, right? Then, no, Now, it's you're global. not just made in America. No. Right? So it's, it's stuff that just across flat plane. And you have to think about it in the context of where it's being applied, too, yeah. because there are some things that are, appear to be less innovative, but they're huge in a market. Um, where they are, and in particular, I think this one was India. Mm. The one that I'm thinking of was where instead of using a conventional oven uh, to lay the tortillas down uh, flat to toast them, wouldn't have been tortillas, they, probably well, naan bread there, but maybe sim- whatever yeah, it was. Similar, it was, yeah, very similar. It, they were toasting them, and it was a staple for them. And yeah. they created a device that looked kind of like a dishwasher rack mm-hmm. that they could put them in vertically, and that way they could do more, more of them. And with less energy. With less energy, they could do more and yeah. create more time for themselves. And and those are the kinds of things that you need to take pause from and say, well, it it isn't the next uh, newest product on the market here in the United States that's going to revolutionize things. But in the field and where it is, it's very innovative. It's really changing well, you, things for them. Yeah, you think about that. Like in India, I have a buddy of mine whose brother has a business in a small village that's 20 miles away from wherever they have electricity. Yet all these people have cell phones and mobile phones. And they he picks them up every day, meets down at the square, gets in a bike, takes his bike 20-some miles, goes into the other town, charges them all up, brings them back that night, swaps them back out for everybody else because there's no electricity in the phone. So you think about innovation, right? So so there you're, you're looking at this toaster or oven. Uh, it changes people's lives. And so, you know, other guys that would have been tethered there. That's What What about another one that, that does that? Do you guys – what what jumps out at you, Frank? Oh, there's there's so many. Specific to changing people's lives? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think if if you were if we stay kind of in in the India or the third world countries, you see a lot of stuff in medical where they just don't have the ability yeah. to get that medical care. So, um, we've had doctors who've had uh, a light they can they can go and and see uh, the veins because it's very difficult to find the veins and they don't have the the utensils to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this came from a you know a, a small village and, and ended up being a, a global product that they're marketing today. So. I mean, that, you're going back a couple years on on that one. You know, I, I think when you look at technology, it's 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 there's a differentiator between what we see today and what's cool, and and you know, it, it gives us that instant gratification versus really what's helping the masses. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you think about healthcare and you think about science and medical and you think about genetics and the things that we're doing to solve diseases, we get a lot of those nominations that. We have to go out and, and do our research to ourselves to figure out, boy, what's happening in this space? 
and tapping our experts. But this has to be a product that's actually working, right? Absolutely. I mean, so it can't be something that's like pie in the sky. I mean, it's not right. like somebody, well, we'll turn this into gold. No, right. Yeah. Here's one that I found interesting. Carnegie Mellon uh, came out with a product that a police officer can actually look in your mirror when you pull up behind a car and take a retina scan from their car at your mirror as you're looking out to see the cop behind you. It can run a trace on you to find out if you're a bad guy or not. Get out. Honest to God. Get out. Do you have to have special glasses for that or something? Or no, it's it's a device. It's a camera that sits on their mirror that they actually shoot it off of the mirror and the person is in the car in front of them. So they're, from a safety I'm just shaking my head. I'm, my mouth is wide open here uh, in the studio. I mean, that's just, that's phenomenal. I mean, we, I don't even think we can comprehend the things. I mean, do, do you guys just have those all shit moments? I mean, where you see this and someone sends it in, you go, bullshit, this can't be true. Yeah. It's got to happen to you all the time. Do you, I, you think Edison had those moments? I think he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he, I think he dreamed them up. Is it, does it, do you have to be, a, you know, do you have to have that kind of thinking, that analytical, I don't know, how, how would you describe an Edison today? You know, we we started to talk about it earlier that innovation is almost anybody can be an innovator. Yep. But not everybody can execute. That's the key thing is getting it getting it put into and real. So I think there's real a real point. differentiator between people that submit products for this award that aren't just good ideas. Yeah. They're actually they were executed. They're in the market. People are using them. You can measure it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real distinction between those that are just thinkers and doers. And I think when we think back to the Edison concept you you didn't just hand it off to somebody and say this is a good idea go do this you did it and that's one of the things that i really appreciate about being with us and recognize those both the thinkers and the doers i like that one that's a good one i think that's a that's that's going to be that's going to make one of my takeaways right there i think that's just excellent you know because you know like edison i mean i remember the old quote and i know i'm i'm going to butcher it but you know somebody asked him at a press conference or something and said you, you know you failed ten thousand times to make a light bulb he goes no i didn't i found ten thousand better ways to make one you know and, and i thought that's a that was a pretty cool thing so you know i i just think that's awesome what's in when, how can a business or a product or company be recognized at Edison Awards? How can they do it? When you mean? Well, I mean, how do you get in it? Do you, do you like, okay. I got to wait around for you to call me or what? <laughs> it's a self-nomination process. Yeah. So anyone can nominate. Yep. Um, uh, nominations are open until the end of November. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to open in August and run through November. And um, they'll go through the initial evaluation process, which will be done by the steering committee. And then ultimately, uh, we'll come down to a short list of, of potential uh, products that make the ballot, and we send that ballot out to how many? How many? How many products make the ballot? About 140. And then how many are year. finally selected? So out of 400 last year, 140 make the ballot, and about 120 maybe um, uh, were, the, were were recognized uh, last year. Wow. So that really gets it down. Well, and you have to put it in context, too, when he says that because there's gold, silver, and bronze winners. So mm-hmm. within these categories, there's the highest level, there's a mid-level, there's a lower level. So there's still a winner. But I, I've challenged myself the past couple of years to go through every application. Mm-hmm. Maybe it takes about five minutes per application. But the things you learn and the way they have it structured is that if if you're not going to pick them, or even if you're going to pick them, you have the opportunity to comment on the product. And that comment on the product is so valuable to the person who's nominated it that in the event they don't even get an award, 
The Edison Awards typically says, if you'd like to know why you didn't get an award, we'd be glad to share that information with you so that you can improve your product. Can they go back and try it again? Well, there's a window of opportunity mm-hmm. as to when this product becomes available, and then at such point it's been on the market too long to, to fit that criteria. So Yeah, like a, Cherry Coke it, couldn't win again. <laughs> right. Was it Coke? Was it Cherry Coke? Or it was Cherry Infused 7-Up. 7-Up. Seven up. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't, is that a Coke product? I don't know if it's Coke or 7-Up or, or Sprite. I, th- I think I can't remember. What, what's one of them? They have one of them owns it. It's one of the big ones, right? Hey, well, speaking, I'm now thirsty. I'm drinking my Dunkin' coffee again. But let me talk about Liberty Tax. And this is a great read. This is a good friend of mine. He's been on this show, too. Is John Hewitt. He's a CEO of Liberty Tax. And if you're looking for a great read, you should get this book. It's called I Compete, How My Extraordinary Strategy for Winning Can Be Yours. Now, this guy knows how to win. You know, he, he was at one tax firm, left. He and his father went to another one, started up another one, built it up into one of the biggest franchises in the world, sold it, and then guess what? He didn't have anything else to do. Started another one called Liberty Tax, and now it's the largest and the largest. I mean, these guys are big. So it's one of the top preparation franchises, over 4,000 stores nationwide. And so I'm telling you, I Compete is a must-read. And if you're a regular listener of this show, it's relatable to any business industry. And I, I've read it, and I like it, and I like to, I like to talk to John. So i got to get him back, by the way. So that's Liberty Tax, and uh, just stand out and wave. You'll see them. They're, they're waving in the front of the stores. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. I'm going to get back to the judge. How do you how do you get to be a judge? Um, by the grace of God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, no, I. You got to be smart. Well, I. You know that's. Uh, so I'm not. That rules me out. That's, I'm that's, out. That's subjective. I think. Um, you know, when you become involved in the process or you start to talk with people that are doing it and you express some interest, then the people at Edison Awards will begin to dig a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, probably not deep enough because I've been doing it <laughs> for a while. You've been doing it for a while. Well, you got to pass. It's, I, like, it's like your legacy. Well, what are you talking about? I read your background, dude. Don't don't give me this stuff. Your grandfather was, I mean, he was big. He taught Greek and Latin. <laughs> and then, I believe, didn't he not... Help start Burma Shave? Two different great-grandfathers. Two different ones? Yeah. Dude, come on, man. My, you, you come from good bloodstock. That's well, pretty that, good, dude. My great-grandfather was one of the first three professors at the University of Kansas that yeah. opened September the, 12th, 1866. 1860, yeah. I was, I was reading back in the 60s. And then my great-grandfather on my mother's side of the family was an attorney in New York City and started the Burma Vida Corporation, which was basically an elixir. Yeah. Um, if you got sick, it was mostly alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, well, decided that those make the best medicine. We decided that's that, what I like to get cough. Decided <laughs> that people dying uh, probably wasn't you know a good sustainable uh, place for him. He went into the uh, trying to create a brushless shaving cream, and that's where Burma Shave Burma started. Shave. And if you know your advertising oh, history, you'll know that the verse by the side of the road was big. So yeah. I always tell people I'm not exactly sure why I'm in engineering because it seems like education and sales were my, sales would have my been two a, things. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a story for you millennials that are listening. You don't know what the hell we're talking about, but you should go look it up. Google it, all right, because Burmajave was one of the most successful companies many years, and the advertising that they did, it reminds me of Wall Drug, because yeah. the old Wall Drug signs uh, from back in my home state of South Dakota. So, but you know, we've been talking about some big companies, all right? We mentioned, you know, Elon Musk with Te- uh, Tesla. We mentioned uh, Cisco, John Chambers. We mentioned GE. You know, we're talking huge, huge companies here. But I gotta imagine small businesses can get in this too, right? 
Absolutely. You named one uh, earlier, Exobionics. Yeah. Um, we honored them. Oh, did you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So she, um, they brought a, a paraplegic who came out in that outfit, <sighs> and she walked for the first time in front of uh, us, uh, the crowd at the New York Academy of Science. Uh, it's getting to be a bigger company. It just went public here. And okay. Not, yeah, not too long ago. But and and my good friend Tom Luby used to work with me. Okay. Uh, at two different companies, and then we bought him at Kodak, and he's now the CEO. And my good friend uh, uh, Steve and Sherman's the chairman of that company. They're good, good guys. Good good guys and gals, I want to say that. When I say guys, don't get yell at me. I'm not Trump. Don't do not do this. I'm I'm talking about both sexes here. I just, this is how I talk. But that, so they they were a fairly small company at the time. I mean, I know what they, they've only started scaling now, and that, which is a tough thing to do. And that, so that was a product you saw. So any, any, it doesn't make a difference the size of the business. It could be anything, right? Well, we should differentiate a little bit the difference between an Edison Achievement Award, which is the ultimate award yeah. offered by the the big one. Yes, the, that's the big. That's the, the that's the Oscar that goes to the individual. Okay, yeah, for a significant contribution innovation throughout their career. Okay, and then the each one of the categories that you read earlier, the gold, the silver. Um, and the bronze in each one of those categories, there's a lot of small mom-and-pop garage starting. Mm-hmm. Frankly, unsettling. I think uh, when you think about the big companies, the extent to which some of these small companies are developing technologies that really can turn some of the big companies on their ear. Well, you uh, well, especially in, like, uh, let's take uh, AI or you know, artificial intel- intelligence or augmented reality. I think you guys gave a big award to Disney, as I recall reading, and but but so but these small companies can get it just as much as the big guys, right? Is it easier, you think, or for the bigger guys, or easier for the smaller ones? Or does it make a difference? You know, I think there's probably a bigger portfolio. Uh, sometimes we see one particular company submitting in several categories for different products, and then you see one who's put all their energy and time behind one product, one category. Mm-hmm. We see that. We, yeah, well, the we large companies that. have big resources, even though it's not a heavy spend for them to do. But but they're putting a significant amount of R&D behind them, so that R&D pays off. I mean, we're not spending near the R&D. Do you guys get involved with that at all or talk about some you know, of that? One thing to think about is the larger companies aren't always as good as innovating either. Yeah, I mean, that's you no. Know, I, you talk about delivering. I think that's true. Um, that's where the collective disruption category comes in because we allow the smaller companies and the larger companies to kind of come together and see under the covers and work together mm-hmm. to create something and launch it um, at, at a larger scale. I like that. I like that. What did you call that? Collective disruption. I'm going to write that down because I think that's a that's a cool term. And that's just really by, by saying, hey, we can come together and we can really be disru- dis- di- dis- disruptive. Disruptive. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I, have, I have dyslexia in the mouth. I also think that large companies is, is also, a, you know, at Black & Veatch, we're not the the GMs or the mm-hmm. Gs or the Teslas. You know, we're a large firm. We're about... Uh, 10,000, 11,000 employees around the world. That's a lot. And we submitted uh, an award uh, for a microgrid. And we made the decision at Black & Veatch that we would put a uh, solar array, a gas turbine, geothermal wells, uh, EV charging stations, a lot of innovative products in in a simple system that didn't run our entire world headquarters. uh, Frankly, it operated our innovation pavilion, which was still pretty large. And we now use it as a demonstration area for our clients and people that want to come in off the streets to so see what distributed generation so, looks like. So what's that mean when you say a microgrid? What 
It's a part of a distributed generation system. Okay, which means what? Uh, taking it off the grid instead of buying it from the major power municipality. It's a solar power, solar panel on so your house. So it's an ability to generate your own electricity, your own power off the grid, but then right. go back to the main grid when you need it. Yeah, we okay. use. We're connected to both, but part of the the effort to be smart, sustainable, and resilient. It fits into the resilient category that says in the event that your electricity should be disrupted, you have some backup Something, power. Yeah. It used to just be an engine generator. Mm-hmm. There's a whole field of different energy sciences. Yeah, battery being, and everything else, right? I mean, yeah. it's a, a we have battery change. storage in our microgrid as well. You know, it's a, it's amazing. Even, in, you know, we think about some of these things that we take into our own home. You know, I've got a, a backup power, power generator that allows me to if I go down, I'm operating for 48 hours. Then I've got a generator on top of that and everything else that, that comes from that large stuff down to the small. Yeah, that's, I think that's cool. So, you know, Frank, what's, what's Edison Univer, uh, University? It's Edison Universe. Is it Universe? Yeah. Okay. I, see, it said Universe on my sheet, and I didn't think that was right. Yeah. So I, I, I added the extra words. It's kind of the bigger picture. It's, it's actually um, it's our 501c3 nonprofit where okay. we actually – um, recognize and we, we take the take award winners and we help foster future generations of innovators. Take them in school. See, that's why I thought it was universities Absolutely. when I read about it. So so that's where you're taking and raising dollars and then you're put, taking the winners and putting them out into high schools or colleges or where? Both. Yeah. Uh, not, um, Clint's very involved with that program. He can speak probably about CAPS. Yeah, we have a, a program that started in Overland Park called the uh, Blue Valley uh, uh, CAPS program, mm-hmm. which is, and that program is a business and education collaboration. It's the Center for Advanced Professional Studies. So we believed in our community that it was about time that public education started working with business and developing strands so that we could help students understand what the professional opportunities were in their area. The CAPS program has grown now out of just in our community. I think there I'm I think there's somewhere around 30 or so in different states. And for a company like Black & Veatch that has offices in over 30 states, we then can connect our Black & Veatch office with that local school district that's part of the CAPS network. And so we can do some one-on-one mentoring with them, education about the field. So it's really opened a lot of doors. So we invest at Black & Veatch in the Edison Universe each year to create those opportunities for those kids that are in those high schools for higher education, for yeah. scholarships. Mm-hmm. So it is right in our wheelhouse for wanting to grow STEM. I'm going to come right back on that because I, I want to ask you another question related to that, but I need to take another break. And, and I want to talk about what I think is a secret open. You talk about innovation, talk about disruption. It's about emails, okay? Because that's one thing that's not going away. I get a lot of them, but I have this tool that I think is a secret weapon. I, I love this company. It's called SaneBox. Because I used to spend hours and hours sorting out what's important and what's not on my in- inbox and my outbox and my spam box and all that. And so SaneBox, S-A-N-E box, intelligently sorts your emails so you can deal with the most important ones right away. And it, you train it over a couple of days. You start dropping them in different folders. And once you drop it in the folders, it learns after three days, I don't have all these emails that popping up anymore. They go away because I put them in black box. I put them in newsletter. I put them in later. But what's more importantly is I tag things. I put like one day, two day, three day, four weeks, whatever, two months. And it, and it pops back in my inbox if the person hasn't responded. 
So it's a great way of being on top of it. So if you want some, you want a free, you want it free, I give it to you for a while. Uh, www.sanebox.com forward slash Hazlet, H A Y Z L E T T. All right, I want to get back to the, the education side of it. In addition to getting them ready for college, university, for higher ed, it's got to get them ready for the real world and employment too. Do you, do you get some? Do you spot some real talent there? We do, and I, you know, I think it has a twofold purpose. Sometimes we bring our kids through the K twelve program, send them to higher education, and and they have very little understanding of what it is that they think they want to do. So this is experiential. It's as valuable to us and to their parents that they learn in the 11th and 12th grade that they don't want to do something mm-hmm. as it is that they learn that they want to do something. Yeah. Because it may save you a whole lot of time and money when they get to higher ed, costs a lot more money, and they decide they don't want to do it. Yeah. So part of that is experiential. The other part of it, I would say, is kind of a spinoff. We've seen a couple of opportunities that are innovative that they start from the beginning with concept all the way through production. And in fact, they may not go to higher ed. They may take their product and move right out into the market. Again, I think that kind of reflects the sense of Edison. It's the the go-do. They're always going to be continuous, lifelong learners. But whether they do some of that through higher ed or whether they learn it through the school of hard knocks, they're going to be successful. I I think that's pretty cool. What's the, what is the one piece of advice you'd give to someone submitting awards? I would very much focus on on the criteria and what's the innovation within the product. We Mm -hmm. get a lot of big, broad marketing messages, but our steering committee wants to know what makes you different, what makes you special, how are you going to make someone's life that much better. Mm -hmm. Besides Cherry 7-Up, what, what's what's and I'm just picking on you guys about that, but but which I think is cool the fact that that won because it did change it it changed now now look at what you've got the plethora of choices that you have today you know but no I'm not going to have that I want this you know it's like it's almost like you ruin your day if you don't get the right one right you know having reviewed a lot of these and I, my my role is not I'm a I'm a professional engineer by trade but. When I and yet you're these, so exciting. I, I can, I can, <laughs> yeah, I can look at your shoes just as well as mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can, I can see the marketing efforts. Yeah. So advice that I would give to people is don't spend a lot of time giving me big words. Mm-hmm. Don't spend a lot of time telling me how great the lipstick <laughs> is. Um, tell me how innovative, why it's changing something. And then another, it's a real simple piece of advice. There are some people that hurry to drop things into boxes. And spending some time on your video mm-hmm. is really important because sometimes, in especially today, a lot of people learn how to do things from YouTube oh, or from yeah. video. Yeah. And I learn a lot more for, about the product from watching the video than sometimes I do by the amount of time and effort that they put words into these boxes. Yeah. So when you have an effective video that explains why this is, is innovative, um, why it's differentiated from other products, because a lot of times we'll look at a product and say, I just saw that at Home Depot. Yeah. I mean, that product's been out on the shelf for a long time, and they don't bother to tell you why it's different. So then we interview them later, and they go, well, it's it's a lot different than that. Mm-hmm. So they just didn't spend any time explaining why it's not like every other product that we've seen in the va- its category. The value. Exactly. Always about the value, isn't it? It is. I mean, that's the differentiation. You can talk about all the table stakes, bells, and whistles, but if you don't get to the core value of what it is. And, and speaking of value, I mean, if you if you think about putting together a good nomination, 
you're allowing us to help tell your story to everybody else in the mm. future. So it's not just on the application. It's not just in the um, in the ballot. It, it's what happens for the rest of the year. Don't you want people hearing about your product uh, in all the various places where we promote it? You know, I worked with, uh, you know, I own an, another company that I'm chairman of called Tallgrass, which stands for if you want to run with the big dogs, you got to learn to pee in the tall grass. And, and they, we help com- they help companies with this kind of thing in terms of positioning. And we always go after them and say, go get into these awards. And people say, ah, I don't want to do that. You know what happens? It helps them hone their message. Absolutely. Right? You get very clear about your differentiation. You get very clear about, and I actually state it, and I don't know, you can, maybe you guys can use this, but I call it the Moses rule. You got two slides, you got five points on each slide, and you got no more than seven words per line. And if you can't tell your story, and when, when I have people who pitch me new ideas in my company, I say you got to do it in two PowerPoint slides, five points each, no more than seven words on each line. And if you can't get it down to that, you ain't got, you don't have something. And I, I think that's the thing about the Edison Award that I like so much is you've got to get that crisp, and you're up against some of the best of the best in the world, and you've got to be able to deliver that value. So how does someone go? And so you, you go on, you just go online. Where do we go? Go online. We've we've spent quite a bit of time. Uh kind of honing the process and automating it. So cool just go cool to, website, by the way. I got to tell you, I went on the website uh, a couple weeks ago and just really looks good and the stuff on there. But that's where you go, right? EdisonAwards.com is a big, giant Nominate Now button. It'll give you the rules or some short videos that you can uh, review to understand how to submit an application. Well, and you can see past winners, yeah, which oh, sometimes man. help people frame whether they believe they can be competitive in that That was cool. I saw some of them, and you got you got the three in each category, and I was mm-hmm. able to drill down and take a look at some of those. Very, very neat. So we forget anything today? Uh, nominations close at the end of November. End so of November. Uh, well, no matter, when, no matter when you listen to this, because that's the cool thing about a podcast, you might be listening a year from now. But you get into the process, you do that, and then you come back in the spring, and you have the big award, and that's when you, that's when you, win, you win the big mahogany. You know, you said something a second ago that really resonates with me, and I use it a lot, but it's it's who you're communicating your product with if you're preaching to the choir. If you're constantly going to those places where people are already talking about what you're doing, then you're probably missing the target. And one of my excitements about being with Edison Awards is that it's not necessarily in my field of engineering, in, in all things water, energy, communications, infrastructure. It's about communicating with a different group of people about your product line. So it's going out and finding a different audience to talk about your product line with. And that, I think, brings a lot of really interesting people together at Edison Awards for a lot of really interesting conversations from all over the world. Yeah, my word on that is quit talking to the mirror. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, go, talk to the, go talk to the window. Have somebody else At least there's somebody on the other side. Exactly. Fantastic. Gentlemen, what a pleasure. And thanks for keeping the legacy of Edison alive. Because I think that's at the core, obviously, with the name. But uh, it's at the core of innovation. It's the core of change, the core of how you impact people. And the creation of all the things that are good in this world come from that kind of innovation. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. We hope to see you there on uh, April 20th in New York City. Got to be there. I got to make it this year. We're going to do it. Great. Cheers. Look forward to it. Thank you. Cheers. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. The end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned, because I always learn something. I always learn lots of things. But today, I was inspired. And I tell you the one thing that got to me 
it's the old adage of go do. You can have the brightest idea in the world, doesn't mean jack squat if you don't put it to work, if you don't make it work. If you can't implement it, it doesn't mean anything. You can have the greatest product that's going to save millions of lives, but if you can't get it into the marketplace, it won't fly. And you'll just be talking about it as you get older and you'll be talking to your grandchildren, and which is a great thing, but you know, it's only grandkids going to know about it. But you could have saved millions of lives if you could have implemented it. So I have a great idea. Help If you can't implement it, find somebody else who's going to help you do that. That's my lesson from today. That's my takeaway. And here's another lesson. Pass this show on to a friend. Make sure you tell them. Please, please, please go rate it. But uh, don't forget, you heard it all right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlitt on Play.it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.